0: The reality is we live in a cold climate and we're going to have to drive. We still, you know, we still drive in these winter conditions, but to make it safer, uh, you know, we resort to laying down uh, road salt, which can be damaging to the environment. How damaging? Well, we're finding out some interesting effects of salt on the environment. And I thought we'd get Professor for Professor Carl Mitchell on the line. He is the Associate Professor of Environmental Science at the University of Toronto to talk about it. Welcome. Hi. So, what is the effect of road salt runoff having on our on our environment?
1: Um, well, we've been using it for a very long time. Uh, it doesn't really uh, change into anything else that is uh, um, less uh, has different impact on the environment. So, it's uh, it's accumulated over a long time. So, literally, we're moving to a to a time period now where a lot of the rivers um, that are feeding into lakes are becoming quite salty. It's so salty that uh, it's impacting uh, whether or not certain species of aquatic organisms can live in those rivers. It's uh, getting into little cracks in our roadways and rusting out the rebar that holds all our concrete structures and bridges and roads together. Um, All sorts of different things like that.
0: I understand that it's, it's the rivers. In some cases, are so salty you can taste the salt.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That's amazing <laughs> it, to me. If you'd like to
1: taste river salt, but the uh, river water. But yeah, I mean, the some of the some of the uh, rivers around Toronto, even uh, depending on their size, depending on how how many roads are around them, uh, there are certain times of the year where. Some of them are approaching oceanic salt concentrations.
0: So I would imagine that would be harmful to freshwater fish.
1: Uh, for sure.
0: Right. So can, can you do anything to um reduce the salt level that's in the in the water at all? I mean that might sound like a naive question, but I think we're all of us are just hearing about this now and it it seems shocking. I mean we all live off of fresh water. We need it.
1: Yeah. I mean not to be too alarmist. I mean, so a lot of the really high levels we're seeing are rather short durations of time, but we do have um, high concentrate, much higher sal- concentrations of salt in the water, even during other times of the year that are much higher than they should be. Uh, can we do anything about it um, from an engineering standpoint, mm. like making something that removes it out of the water? Not so much. Uh, really, the only solution is to simply use less Um, use it more effectively and efficiently and wait for it to be flushed out of all of the rivers and groundwater and other systems that we have.
0: Why are we finding out about this now? I mean, is there something significant uh, as far as, you know, with the amount of accumulation that we've noticed it uh, just by, you know, as we mentioned, you can taste it in the water or is there a new testing that people have devised to discover how much uh, salt is in our waterways and groundwater? I think
1: it's become a bit of a a pretty hot-button scientific issue for at least the last 10 years. I think municipalities have started to recognize it over the last um, several years. Certainly, um, our abilities to monitor it um, in waterways has really quite dramatically increased over the last few years with little sensor technologies that we can now just kind of stick in the bottom of a river and kind of remotely see it you know on our computers or our cell phones in our office as to what the concentrations might actually be in those rivers. so like many things access to to more data um, it's always a lot of these issues have been there for a long time, but they they're much more evidence for what the the numbers and stuff stuff happen to be because of uh, the way the data is being collected it's as not
0: well. and it's not just in waterways right it's in groundwater so I, I would imagine this would affect you if you have a local well am i correct or even people that are taking although we uh cringe at the fact you know bottled water companies that are taking water from the groundwater
1: yeah certainly in 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 areas where there's a lot of salt application um i mean we see accumulations of salt in toronto's groundwater for sure uh luckily we get most of our drinking water uh from the lake itself uh and a lot of the the well water being used even for um drinking water uh drinking our bottled water uses are from generally outside of Toronto um yet yeah, they they run the risk of being impacted uh f- for sure uh the bigger danger with groundwater resources is that uh they move extremely slow Mm -hmm. and so the time frame to kind of dilute the saltiness out of there once an impact happens is going to be very very long the decades to hundreds of years depending on yeah
0: So this is a lot more serious than just one little story in the newspaper. I mean, we should be paying attention to it. And I know there's alternate road, uh, you know, alternates to road salt. You could use beet juice, pickle juice, sand. Can you tell us a little bit about, do you know anything about the, the beet juice or the pickle juice and why municipalities beyond cost are not, you know, turning towards these alternative methods?
1: Sure. I mean I mean so some of them are not that dissimilar to um the use of road so pickle juice really is is almost chemically very similar to road salt melted in water. So and, and a lot of municipalities are using brined water um and it can be more effective. So they are some some there are some some um alternatives that are coming into use, but they are more expensive. We mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the same fleet of machinery yet that uh, to spread uh, these different types of things. Um, There always are downturns for for every alternative or downsides to every alternative as well. Um, You know, beet juice, um, it's more expensive. It's quite effective. It's actually pretty effective at lower temperatures as well, Um, but it's pretty messy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has a lot of Carbon in it the, the that can you know the accumulation of that in waterways could have um, impacts but we don't use it enough to see that so if, if something like that went super widespread um, we don't really know what the impacts could be yet um, sand uh, it doesn't really melt snow it it provides some traction uh, on on ice and and snowy roads and so really we're you know uh, as a uh, as a society, we've kind of come to get a little bit used to, you know, driving at 110 kilometres an hour on roadways when it's minus 20 degrees Celsius and, and not wanting to think twice about it. And, and sometimes we might have to um, in order to get uh, to an area where we don't have to uh, add as much salt or or feel um, that this has to be happening. But at the same time, you know, the municipalities have safety concerns. They want people, they, you know, they don't want, we don't want people to get hurt. We don't want Accidents on the road, and so I think that's being weighed in terms of what's being used right? Um, and, and, and what alternatives are.
0: Right. Public safety is trumping environmental health.
1: Uh, I think they're in, in competition with each other in a mm-hmm. way,
0: yep. Well, I. what can we do if we want to uh, you know, stop the the onslaught of road salt and, and future use of road salt? You know, are we just faced with going to our MP or whoever is in charge of, you know, our our um counselor? I think
1: probably the most um Short-term useful ways of, of trying to cut down on salt use are are to encourage municipalities to continue doing what they're starting to do, which is to find more effective ways to use salt, like such as by adding it as brine water, um, to try and encourage private land owners, uh, people that are spreading on parking lots and their own sidewalks and et cetera to generally use much less than they are using. Um, th- those are uh, a less regulated um, area of application, and uh, and to continue um, where it's cost effective to use some of, some of these alternatives.
0: All right. Well, it's interesting because you you mentioned that uh, one thing that you mentioned was the change can start with us. Next time I'm out salting the walk, I'm definitely not going to be so heavy-handed. Professor Mitchell, I really appreciate your time today.
1: Okay, thank you very much.
0: Thanks so much. That's Professor Carl Mitchell, Associate Professor of Environmental Science at the University of Toronto.